Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I was thinking earlier today, because I knew we were going to record tonight, and I didn't even finish by saying my name. I was like, why don't we say two men instead of two guys? It's always been two guys. Does it matter? <sighs> yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> in today's society, quite honestly, I'm not sure that we would we wouldn't offend somebody by saying that it's two men. Two very masculine gentlemen. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Toxic mas- toxic toxically masculine. masculine. Yeah. Anyway, you I'm know, Rob Olson. I'm Olivia Snedden. <laughs> the the problem is we couldn't be toxically masculine because that sounds way too energetic for us. Yeah, it sounds like you have to put energy into it, yeah. Like I would be happy to like be the toxic masculine guy that everybody hates. But I feel like I'd have to put in a lot more effort than I do. <laughs> yeah, all right. Into so life. That, that reminds me, so Way, way back in the day, um, I had, I was talking to a friend about uh, like alcoholism or like drinking too much. And I've probably told you this before, but I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. Were you asking them, how do I go about drinking too much? <laughs> what do I, yeah. How do I become an alcoholic? No, but they said to me, um, that they weren't worried about me becoming an alcoholic because I'm too lazy. Like, <laughs> like it takes a lot of work. Like it would take more effort than I care to put into <laughs> becoming addicted to alcohol. And I was like, I, I, I felt I felt good about that. Then Rob was like, I'll fucking show you. Hold my beer. <laughs> Don't hold my beer because I have to drink it <laughs> to become an alcoholic. So all these years of you accusing me of alcoholism, really, I I'd rather like there's times where I'm like, oh, man. I, I could drink a beer today, but uh, I'm just going to have water. <laughs> I want to. Um, you said accuse, and I think like checking in on a friend and making sure it's <laughs> okay. Well, and you know what? So you've never progressed past that because I've never had an intervention. So, Dude, nice. if I was to intervene on your drinking, <laughs> it would be from a financial standpoint. Like the intervention would be me and an accountant. <laughs> Who would, like, have totaled up the amount of liquor that's in your home right now and then would pull out, like, bills that are due and, like, set, you know, like, be like, Rob, we need to talk. They're like, none of this has been consumed. Why do you keep buying more? And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, guys, you don't understand. You don't understand. This stuff's important. I'm I'm saying I'm I'm a collector. You know, some kind of, I don't know what kind of excuse you can make, but I've watched a couple of those intervention shows and they always have, like... Like the the weirdest excuses for like you know why they're running around on meth all the time. Yeah, my deflection would be like, it was a limited release. Yeah, (laughs) then I'd crumble into tears. Worst intervention ever. Yeah, Yeah. we just take away your fucking debit card. Then I'd start drinking. Yeah, because you'd be really sad. So yeah, there's no way around this, is there? All right, I just for the record, do not think you're an alcoholic. Hey, thank you. I just think you drink too much. You think I buy too much alcohol? I think you buy too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I talk about you to people. People will be like, oh, man. So I was like, I know a fucking guy who buys, like, a beer. It's, like, 45 fucking dollars. And he stands in line for, like, two hours in the cold to do it. So. And all that's true. All of that is true. So um, this is just a taste of what you're going to be hearing on this week's interlude episode of Booked. Um, we came completely unprepared, as uh, as is more and more likely to happen the longer this podcast goes on, it seems. <laughs> uh, and none of that was uh, was planned. This was planned. 
we should talk about what, what you are drinking tonight. I think this is a, an important conversation um, for our listeners, um, if not for, for me and you. All right. So it is, and I know you're going to call me out on the way I say this. I'm right now, I'm about to finish a LaCroix grapefruit flavored sparkling water. Although, and I discovered, and we were talking about this right before we started, Pomplemousse, which isn't a, a word that I've heard in my life, but I never knew what it meant, is is what grapefruit is. It's grapefruit. Pomplemousse I, means grapefruit. I did not know this um, either, and it's 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 French for grapefruit, right? Yeah. So it's probably pronounced a lot sexier than you're saying it. But what do we do? Because it is. It's La Croix. Yeah, it but is, no one's going to say that. Nobody calls it that. No. So at what point... Like, is it offensive to the French to like purposely mispronounce? Right, because it's it's a French drink. Right. I mean, hell, they even put pomplemousse on it, and then tell you in parentheses it's grapefruit. So they're they're not even trying, right? Um, I mean, they're they're defining it for you, but they're they're saying like, hey, we're gonna put whatever the hell we want on our cans. Yeah. So I mean, I know you're gonna keep saying Lacroix. I will probably keep saying Lacroix because if I say Lacroix, people will look at me like I'm like I'm crazy. <laughs> Uh, but shouldn't we <laughs> like try stick a your wallet harder? in his mouth? Yeah, I, shouldn't we try a little harder with the pronunciations of foreign language things? We need to try harder. For I sure. mean, like you don't go around saying gyro, right? No. Okay. Wait, how do you say it? Is it euro? I say euro. Euro. Yeah. yeah. That's that's how that's how I believe that's how the Greeks pronounce it. Before any Greek listeners call me out, and I believe it's euro. Yeah, but not hero. So, no, no, like, not hero. Like a hero. Like a, yeah. That is an American thing. The hero sandwich. What goes on a hero sandwich? Do you even know? Uh, well, there's that like shaved like lamb meat, right? No, no, I'm I'm talking right. about an actual hero sandwich. Oh, I, I know hero what sandwich. Hero, hero is a it's a <laughs> yeah, it's lamb and beef mixed together. I think. All right, but what's a hero? Is a hero a different sandwich? A, a hero is a large sandwich, usually consisting of a small loaf of bread or long roll cut in half lengthwise and containing a variety of ingredients as meat, cheese, lettuce, and tomatoes. Oh. I, th- I thought it was a specific like recipe, not just a big-ass sandwich. You've never heard of a hero sandwich? No, I just thought everybody was saying gyro wrong. No, no, it's a, it's definitely a different. You should Google hero sandwich. They look like they'd be really hard to eat. The pictures I'm already, seeing, like yeah, my mouth's I, just not big enough. I Googled it. I've already lost interest in this. So, Rob, what I'm trying to say is if you are going to appropriate another com- another country's sparkling water, yeah. the least you could do is try harder in pronouncing the name. We'll see. We'll see. But um, do you remember, uh, and I don't know, we may have talked about this before, there was um, the 800 number snafu with LaCroix? LaCroix? This does not sound at all familiar. <sighs> So way back when, and this is probably like in the late 90s, I worked at a, um, in the Chicagoland area, Jewel Osco is a is like a grocery store, drug store chain. And I worked at the Osco part, which is the drugstore side, because I, I, I ran the, the liquor department. This is all tying together. It's all full circle. Before I was 21, I was running a liquor department. Um, and it was like, you know, you're young. I think I was, what, 19 or whatever. And... um. So life was not full of like, you know, these grand experiences like you've had. It's like the dumb shit of life is exciting to you. So anyway, what what I'm getting at is I'm at I'm on break 
and someone comes over and they're like, and they've got like a 12 pack of cans of it. And they're like, dude, you have to call the 800 number, the customer service number. Um, and we didn't have cell phones. This is like late nineties. Right. So I had to use like the store phone and I call the 800 number and it was a porn number. Like, like a sex, a sex, like a phone sex thing. And so one of two things happened, like either they dropped using that, either they misprinted the the phone number or there was a mix up on the phone company side or something. But yeah, for a while that company had their 800 number went directly to a phone sex line. Or they punked whatever (laughs) asshole needed to call the customer service number for a sparkling water company. Like what kind of phone calls do you think they got? Have a lot of trouble with my sparkling water. I got to call them up. Hey, my water says orange flavor, but it's kind of smells like orange, but doesn't really taste like orange. Like, is, is that how it's supposed to be? Like, I can't imagine what kind of calls they would get. This is tasting way more like pomplamoose than grapefruit. Exactly. Yeah, I call well, those guys. I am I am uh, I am drinking a diet quack tonight. <laughs> I have a backup um, water. I have a like a water bottle. Mm-hmm. 32 this, ounces this uh lake michigan tap water this is yeah yeah i wasn't good, sure if you were stuff. one of those guys who would drink tap water or if you uh i you know here's the thing because <laughs> you know you won't overpay for water but beer no but. i'm not going out of pocket for water um it comes out of the ground for free um no like um if i buy bottled water it's all gone in like a day i just keep opening up more bottles and drinking it so i hardly ever actually buy bottled water I um I know we've done this exercise on the podcast before. I'm going to try really hard to remember the last time I drank water. I don't think it was in 2018. Like, just you never just drink water? I don't drink water. I feel like I knew this, but it's 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 got to be shocking every time. Like, so what liquids, what's the liquid that you, what's your go-to liquid? So in the mornings, it's coffee. Yeah. And then after the morning time, it's uh, it's diet, uh, diet quack, diet coke. All day. Yeah. Well, no, not all day. It's like I don't drink a lot. So, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll go through today. Today I had two um, Keurig cups of coffee. Um, I had a uh, small diet coke with my lunch from Wendy's. And then I had a diet coke with dinner. And I'm having a diet coke now. That's the entirety of my liquid consumption for today. So three cans of diet coke. Uh, who knows if I'm up late, I might go for can number four um, and two cups of coffee. See, at work, I just drink water all day long. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Like, it's wet. Like, that's the description of water I give people. I don't know. It's just it's wet. Like, that's there's there's no flavor. There's no nothing. It does nothing to quench my my thirst. So I don't I don't know. I don't do the water thing. I mean, yeah, everything I drink is like 99.5% water, but yeah, I don't drink just straight water. I am I am baffled. I I'm not kidding. I don't think it was this year and it's the middle of March. I'm so. a little concerned for you. I might have to have that accountant come over to my side. This and uh, Rob, this has been for years. Once in a while like when I'd work out uh, when I when I used to work out, I would always drink water while I was at the gym. So I would um, I buy a bottle of water and then sometimes I'd have to refill it like once from spending, you know, 40 minutes on the elliptical machine or from lifting weights or from getting out of the sauna or something like that. But no, I've just never been one that intakes a ton of liquids. 
there you have it, booked listeners. Yep. Our water consumption preferences. I, I could yeah. go into a whole thing about like, because you've gone on vacation with um with Misty. And oh my Jesse. god! It's, fuck it! God, I remember being in Minneapolis and having yeah. to haul back a shit ton of water. But was it Target? <laughs> we went to the store. Yeah, there was like a Walgreens yeah. or CVS yeah. or whatever. Oh, that's right. That was the yeah. CVS in the fucking rain too, if I remember correct. <laughs> and there was like, yeah, we were gonna be there like what five days maybe. And they were buying cases of water. It's, it was like uh, preparing for the goddamn apocalypse. They're coming out to visit um, in two weeks, and I'm making a, a run to Target before they get here. There's probably going to be like 70 bottles of water. It's ridiculous. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Rob. I don't. You, you keep drinking water. All three of you keep drinking water. I don't know if you know this or not, but water is the number one cause of drowning, and you just willingly like put it in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. I'm All fearless. Right. <laughs> Fucking afraid of water. This is unless what it's a large open. Um, yeah, body of water. Open body if the of water. water. Can drink you. You're not interested, right? Is that? Yeah, it's fucking scary. Like, there's no, there's no monsters in this 32 ounce uh, water bottle. This doesn't extend to pools, right? Like, you'd go to like a Olympic size swimming pool. No, I'm cool with a pool. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, what else has been going on with you, man? So let's let's recap a little bit. We did just review a book yeah. uh, that hasn't even been posted. <laughs> at the time we're recording, we are so ahead of the game. At the time <laughs> we're recording this interlude episode, you have not heard the previous episode, which was a book review uh, of Richard Layman's One Rainy Night. We were joined by Jesse Lawrence. If, in, in the event that you haven't heard that, I think it's important you go back and listen to that episode because I think it's a very good episode. Um, I think it's a good breakdown of of a book that maybe really didn't need to be broken down. <laughs> like I thought about it afterwards. I was like, I don't think when Richard Laban wrote this, he put half the goddamn thought into it that the three of us did. So um, uh, there's that. Uh, we're doing an interlude. And uh, next week, uh, we're going to be doing something a little different. And we haven't quite decided. So should we decide right now, Rob? Should we do this on the on the podcast? Of course. We have two options the way I see it. And, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose it to you in this way. If we do one book, um, it would be one. If we do the other one, I really want to do two because I think they're a lot shorter. So here's the options: we do A Wrinkle in Time, which is somewhat timely because the movie just came out. Um, sadly, only a couple of weeks away from Black Panther, which I think just buried that movie um, yeah. at the box office. Yeah. Um, but that's okay because if uh, listeners heard a couple episodes ago, I kind of ranted a little bit about seeing the trailer and being a fan of A Wrinkle in Time and not seeing them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, that it was a good, solid adaptation. Or we do the first Hardy Boys and then the first Nancy Drew because I think those are really <laughs> short. So I think it would be interesting to compare and contrast the two. So that's what I was that's what I wasn't sure of. I knew that we were considering doing a Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. Um I didn't know how the book would be chosen. So um you're just saying the first ever issue or issued book of each series. Well, it would be the corrected <laughs> ones cuz I can't I don't know how to find um the original the original ones cuz that's how I'd love to read it. Yeah, um, <laughs> with all like the racism of the time yeah, and all that kind yep. of stuff. So, um, yeah. so I, I believe this is the first. Without spending too much time looking into other podcasts, the first Hardy Boys book is two hundred fourteen pages. But I mind you, the age range is eight to twelve years old. 
So I'm going to assume that's a short 214 pages. And then I'm, I'm going to assume that Nancy Drew is probably very similar. I'm going to be honest. I'm leaning toward the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew option over okay. Wrinkle in Time. Um, I've never read Wrinkle in Time. So it could be one of those interesting, like, Livius. Obviously, it's got a place in your heart. Um, and I've never read it. So it would be one of those contrasting reviews but i don't know i'm feeling the the kids mystery books all right so we will be reviewing um whatever i said because i can't be bothered to hit backspace and the secret of the old clock um which is the number one nancy drew (laughs) number one of the nancy drew books um that one's like 194 pages or something but again these are children's i mean these are literally third through seventh grade so i'm gonna imagine it's a quick 192 pages um It's going to be interesting because, I mean, that was originally written. We did a little bit of research. Um, It was originally published in 1930, the first Nancy Drew book. So uh, it's going to be the oldest book we've reviewed. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. And um, it'll be interesting to see how it stands up uh, to today. But I believe, again, as I mentioned earlier, that they were edited and or rewritten to be a little more friendly, I believe, in the 60s. Um, to more accurately reflect uh, the times um, versus back in the 30s, so uh, it would be it'll be interesting to see how we uh, how we enjoy those books or don't enjoy the books. I guess that's the other option. <laughs> yeah, that's that'll be fun. That'll be good times. I did uh, because I was gonna say because we had a break from reading, but really yesterday I read uh, I read a book, um, albeit a short one. I read Carmilla. Is this uh, something you might be familiar with? Only on you talking about it, so you might want to explain it. So Carmilla is uh, is a book by Joseph Sheridan Lefanu. Lefanu? Oh, probably drinks La Croix. He probably drinks La Croix. Um, it was written in the 1800s, I believe. Sorry, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the Amazon page, and this is 2016. Um, but that's when uh, this person put it on Create Space. So it's short. It's more of a novella. I'd say it's probably about 120 pages or so. Uh, it is. It predates Dracula by like 30 years. So um, it, it is. Uh, it's a vampire story with a, a lot of lesbian overtones, undertones. <laughs> it's just really heavily lesbian. Yeah, well, no, so, okay, so it's, like, really, like, nothing actually happens, but you can tell the tension is there, and it was meant to be there, Um, but this is really the basis, I did a little bit of, um, you know, research, so Wikipedia, Uh, it's the basis for, like, every female vampire character ever is somehow based on Carmilla, Hmm. so it's about, it's told in kind of, like, diary style, like like a like a woman in her twenties is recounting this episode that happened when she was nineteen, and uh, her name's Laura, and she lives in a in a small, very small village. So basically, she doesn't see anybody ever, um, but they have a house and they have servants and stuff, and uh, she's just really lonely. And she they they have an opportunity to take in uh, a stranger after an accident, and the stranger is Carmilla, and the two of them. Um, become very, very close, but clearly there is something uh, a little wrong with Carmilla. And I guess you probably can imagine what that is after, you know, <laughs> me telling you the rest of it. So <laughs> um, what was interesting to me is how much 
um, Dracula, the the book. So Bram Stoker, um, how much he copied, borrowed, um, was inspired by. It was inspired by uh, by this book, but if uh, if you're a you know even like a light vampire fan, this thing's like you'll knock it out in like two hours. Um, it's worth reading. I think it's well written, um, and the story, although you know somewhat predictable in places, like I have to remember that let's say literature was in its infancy, but literature was really young when this was written. So just because for us it's predictable doesn't necessarily mean it was for people then. If that makes sense, there were so many less books written. Right, and the story that, hasn't been told over and right. over and over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, it, was, it was pretty predictable, but um, I still enjoyed reading. It was recommended by a coworker, um, and uh, and a good recommendation at that. So th- this brings up one of the things that like we we all suffer from as as people of our you know time. Um, <clears throat> the the like. And I can't remember exactly. There was like a really good example that we've talked about in the past, but like you were saying, how Dracula borrowed, obviously borrowed things or was inspired by by this. Um, and and we've seen these stories over and over again to the point where um, it, it almost feels like if I were to read the thing that inspired the thing that I really loved, I'd kind of hate the thing that inspired it, even though like it wouldn't exist without it. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. So. Yeah. It's like that weird, unless you're, I don't know, because I, I feel like, like you were saying with the Nancy Drew thing, we get these stories told in a way that is in the context of, of what we understand from our lifetime, sure. as opposed to the, you know, the original story that could have happened generations ago or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I, I, I agree. And I don't read a lot of like really old um, literature. I have at times in my life read you know, I've read a lot of like Alexandria Dumas's stuff. Right. And, and I loved all of it. You almost have to like, take yourself back and kind of um, give it some reverence for, for where it took place in history. So I said that was probably pretty unique in, uh, um, I wound up looking this up uh, in 1871. Yeah. Um, the fact that every female vampire we've ever seen was kind of based on Carmilla makes it seem really stale when you're reading it because you're like, <laughs> right. oh, I know this chick, right? I've seen right. her in a bunch of things. Well, yeah, because, you know, this is kind of where it got its start. So there's that thing. It's kind of like not being able to appreciate like an old black and white movie because, you know, we've seen it in color and then we've seen it with explosions and we've seen it with maybe better writing. Um, but for its time, it was it was pioneering. So right. I'd like to do more of that. I've, I've started over the last few months watching some older black and white movies and stuff. I kind of have a list of when I'm right in the right mood, like this is what I'm going to put on. So I have some movies um, that I'd like to watch again. Someone mentioned, oh, The Warriors. Something popped up in <laughs> social media. The Whoa, it was a uh, did you see this? It was some actors from the Warriors reenacting like they're getting on the subway scene, but doing it with with the actual actors. But today, like, I don't know, 35 years later or whatever it's been. And they're all like really old guys now. Um, <laughs> but it made me think, like, yeah, I kind of want to go back and see that movie. I probably haven't seen it in 15, 20 years. Um, but again, for its time, that was that was a kind of a groundbreaking film. You're, I think you're going through a thing because you're reading these old books. You're like revisiting black and white movies. So either you're feeling like nostalgic, you want to take a trip down memory lane, or you're so tired of the stuff that's coming out now that you have to like take refuge in the past. I'm trying to figure uh, out where you're at. 
I'll be honest with you. I didn't really think about it, but it's definitely more of that second thing. You're taking refuge. So, but I know I'm a little older than you, but I want you to know color movies existed when I was a child. <laughs> so um, even even though when I was a kid, I had a black and white TV, so everything looked like it was from the 50s. Like, it didn't matter how new it was. Like, Three's Company looked like it was, you know, from the 50s because I watched it on a black and white TV when I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm just not really that impressed with most of the things coming out uh, coming out today. I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast. Like, I really like The Shape of Water, um, but that was a that was a very different kind of movie. And I know there's some weird shit going on with that story it was plagiarized from some other movie or some someone put up on YouTube or something. But um, for me, not being familiar with that perhaps source material like it was kind of different and i liked it because a lot yeah. of the other movies all seem like they're the same shit over and over again sometimes they don't just seem like it they're straight up a reboot or a remake of something yeah they came out like 10 years ago so yeah that cycle sadly continues with um e- even like like you said you know intellectual property that's not that old like they came out with that jigsaw movie and the Saw movies haven't been gone for that long. But they're like, was well... Jigs- was Jigsaw a reboot? No, I think it was... It's not another sequel, kind of? It, 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 I think it fits into the original con- continuity somewhere, but I'm not gotcha. sure exactly where. I okay. thought it might have been a prequel? Or, I don't know. Yeah. A prequel makes sense. You know, when that movie first came out, the first Saw movie, I really, I mean, I, I probably still really like it, but, you know, that was that was very different for its time. Yeah, and if you think about it, wasn't the the bad guy's name Jigsaw? Yes. Yeah, so I think that, I think it's like about that person. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Could be a, like, prequel, a prequel makes sense, because I don't yeah. know that we ever got a, a really solid backstory on that guy. I, I only watched like the first two or three, and then after that, it's kind of like, um, oh shit, what was that? What was that found footage movie? Um, Paranormal guy, Activity? Yes. Kind of like that. Like after the second one, you're just like, all right, I, you know, it's like just... great, it goes through your furniture again. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but that first one, man, that was. <laughs> Do you remember that movie, Paranormal Activity? I never yeah, we watched talked... it. Like year one on this podcast, we talked about it a lot. I feel was it was it with <laughs> Axel Tyari? Like it came up a lot. Yeah, we were. Yeah, because um, they had watched it at uh, AWP in Colorado. I think Axel. Right. Um, maybe Nick, Richard Thomas, someone else. Yeah. So I'm going to say it again. I remember distinctly watching that movie and thinking, why wouldn't they close that fucking bedroom door? (laughs) Like, why? Why wouldn't they? So that's, that's what I have to say about that movie. But I did enjoy it the first time around. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I think mainstream stuff is really tired. But some of the like smaller release things are, are interesting to me. But I have yeah, weird tastes, and I just watch the same thing over and over again. So no, but you yeah. do watch a lot of those kind of smaller independent films. It seems like you're always talking about like the latest, like little indie crime film or, or whatever. What was the one you were just talking about on the podcast not that long ago? Uh, it was his crime. It was sixty eight kill. That's it. Yep, I was gonna say yeah. I had a number in it, but yeah, sixty-eight kill. Sixty-eight kill was good. Um, I'm obsessed with Tragedy Girls. Hey, yeah. I started that. And I got about fifteen minutes in and fell asleep. Yeah, I was gonna guess you fell asleep. Yeah. Well, the problem is I put them on usually late at night, and then I know. But so that's the other thing that happens is I no longer watch movies in one sitting. <laughs> 
I watch it. <laughs> I watch like 45 minutes. I'll like stop it and I'll like come back to the rest of it like in two days. So, all right, that makes me think of something. Um, at work, um, where like my desk setup is, I sit next. I work next to someone, not like directly next to you. There's a little space between us, like. But on this along the same wall, I sit, I work next to someone, and she's dating a coworker. And so when they take their lunch break together, uh, he comes and sits at her computer, and they go through a Netflix. And they like watch part of a movie together, and then the next day they'll watch, they'll continue it, and they keep going through it. Like, and it's just the most adorable thing <laughs> I've ever seen. Is just like he'll he'll come over, sit down, they get their food all ready, and then they just put headphones on and Netflix Netflix together at lunch. That's um, that's actually pretty cool. It's precious. I mean, when I'm not reading at lunch now, so I just picked up a, another anime. I was gonna say a new anime. It's just new to me. Um, and they're perfect because they're like 22 minutes, which means I've got time to like go through a drive through grab a bite to eat, pull over, you know, pull in the parking lot, watch this whole episode, go back to work. Um, so I'm, I'm currently watching The Future Diary. And this is what I love about anime. I'm going to give you the premise of this. OK, <laughs> it is uh, it, you see it all through, you know, kind of through the eyes of this one kid who's who's kind of a loner and has this habit of he keeps a diary on his phone. But it's not like a diary about his feelings. It's about like just things that happened. You know, saw a dead cat on my way to school this morning and a pop quiz at 11 o'clock in math, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, he's really lonely and he thinks that he's created like an imaginary friend that's like this weird creature that's like a god. Only it turns out that it's not imaginary and that he has been pulled into this sort of battle royale kind of situation where there are 12 people who all keep some type of diary and each one is different. It's just kind of distinct to like how they do things. Um, but their diary can now predict the near future. And um, <laughs> they're pitted against one another. And the one who lives out of the 12 gets to become the, the, the God of time essentially. That's so, weird. Yeah, so you've got people who kind of like team up. So I'll give you a premise from like episode one is he immediately runs into a girl who's in his class who also has a diary. But she's madly in love with him and been stalking him. So her diary just predicts things that he does or is going to do. <laughs> so his are like just things that he would encounter, like like mundane things on his on his daily, you know, whatever. So nothing about his feelings or what happens to him, but just the the. um the actions he takes, essentially, she gets all of his actions. You know what I mean? So she knows what his moves are, but she doesn't know what hers are unless, you know, they directly involve him. It's 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 very intricate. Yeah. Um, but interesting. And yeah, cheesy in parts and stuff. But, um, you know, they're telling a story that nobody would think to take on um, in the U.S. I'm going to say at all, you know, not in TV, not in movies, not right. in books. It's just that weird, but you know it's pretty solid and it's kind of interesting. So, yeah, I can't do I can't do animated stuff very much at all, regardless of it, you know the origin of it. I just can't. I don't know what it is. I can't get into anything that's animated. I used to have that that problem, like I said, until I found anime, and it took a few tries. I really wanted to like anime, like I want to like comic books, and it was probably like the fifth one I tried that really grabbed me. Yeah. So. Huh. Yeah. Don't give up, I guess. 
Well, and I think people have this misconception that anime is all kind of kid stuff. And this one is not. Um, there are some, you know, like some adult themes in it and whatnot. But I mean, some of them are, are flat out, you know, near goddamn porn, too. So, well, isn't there one? And I don't know if I don't know if you mentioned this. I'm going to guess it's you. But that where like it's women fighting each other, but like only with their butts and boobs or something like that. <laughs> yes. Yes. God, I can't think of what the name of it is because it has a it's a. Uh, Oh, is it Susaki? I think it might be Susaki. Hold on, this might be worth editing for. Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, oh, okay. All right, here we go. All right, it's called Ki Kijo Kaijo. Not really sure. It's K E I J O. I strongly encourage everybody to look this up on YouTube. Um, and watch like one of the trailers. Um, so it's also known as um, Hip Whip Girl is the other name it's known by. I did not know this. I watched because like, the they're whipping their episode. hips around. Yeah. So they're um, it's basically sumo, but they do it on these uh, platforms that are on water, like in a pool. And it's women in bikinis. And they essentially have to knock each other out of the off the platform like sumo wrestlers do, but essentially using just their rear ends. Gotcha. Um, so here it is where players stand on floating platforms and aim to incapacitate or push their opponent into the water using only their breasts and buttocks. The story follows Nozomi, <laughs> a gymnast who trains at a kaijo school, hoping to become the richest player in Japan. There you go. Good but, stuff, man. But that story is taken seriously by the people who make it, at the very least. Um, you know what? It's really kind of done in a in a tongue in cheek kind of funny way. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's very lighthearted, and it's a lot of jiggling and a lot of like really suggestive. <laughs> you know, if not, what what would be what would be if something isn't suggestive? Like if it's just meant to be. Like if it's like it's brazen, right? <laughs> Sex yeah. stuff. Yeah. Overt. Yeah, overt. Yeah, yeah. So some suggestive, some really overt sex stuff happening there. But you know what? It's all. I mean, it's all in good fun. <clears throat> all right. I may have to check out the butt fight anime, but I want to bring. I want to mention this thing that I just happened to see. Um, it's just driving me nuts because I saw this on Facebook the other day, and it popped up again. I was I was just scrolling around while you were talking. There, I'm on a Facebook group called Free Kindle Books, and I think it's a carryover from when we were promoting the booked anthology like i was on there so i could post mm -hmm. when we were doing free giveaways and it just never and then we got into the whole like oh haha ha, they're giving away porn yeah yeah we did that that's how we got um backdooring the brat <laughs> one, I think one of our best <laughs> episodes i think personally <laughs> and so i this book cover is driving me nuts uh someone named ale camargo made a book and this has got to be i guess it's got to be public domain um the the what they're pulling this from but um it's called the seven snow whites and the dwarf and uh <laughs> it's a book and uh so here i'm gonna read the description i did but the cover just keeps i keep seeing it it's freaking me out because i'm like i'm reading this wrong oh no it's right a modern retelling of the world famous fairy tale with a twist Fantasy and adventure, apples and poisonous darts, carrot cakes and karate, 
a fun spin on one of the most beloved stories ever told. That's the that's the hook. That's supposed to get you in. I'm trying to um, I'm trying to find this online. Uh, the Seven Snow Whites and the Dwarf. Can you give me a yeah. spelling on the author name? First name is A L E, and then the last name is C A M A R G O. C A M A R G O. Is this going to be our pick for uh, for next week? Oh my God, no! <laughs> yeah, Google is not uh, recognizing that this is a, <laughs> which is not surprising because Google is now decided, right? Like Google's like, yeah, sometimes we're just not going to. Google knows better. Yeah, yeah, that cover looks uh, that cover that cover looks very um, regal. That that's like the Time Life collection of the Seven yeah. Snow Whites and the Dwarf. Right? Yeah, it's like it costs four dollars, but it looks like a really like nice leather bound book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got like that gilding. Is that what it is? Is that what it's called? Or it's got like the little gold. Yeah, yeah, stuff on it. Um, there are sadly, uh, oh no, wait, there is one review highly recommended. Inspiring fairy tale, highly recommended. It's a verified purchase by Capital Partners Thirty <laughs> LLC. Oh, oh yeah, we're, we're taking a trip down Capital Partners Road. Ooh, they've done guys... uh, they've done fifteen reviews. So, the birth of Killa Kids, um, <laughs> emotional freedom technique. If you're looking, if looking to free yourself, check this book. That's their review of that. Check it. Living debt free. Bitcoin explained. Um, the Fart Boy, a hilarious book for kids. <laughs> Egg yeah. production and urban chickens. Man, this is what people this read, dude. All over the map. Bitcoins wow. making chickens make eggs. Yeah, there's uh, Capital Partners 30. Now I have to know because this company. All right, hold on. <laughs> completely off the rails now. Capital Partners. Oh, damn it. Capital Partners 30 LLC. Yeah. Um, Camino, Laughter and Tears along Spain's 500 mile Camino de Santiago. Adventurous book. Highly recommended. This this dude slash company only gives five star reviews. I, uh,. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I found maybe what this company is, but I don't. I don't think so. There's no 30 in it. There's a no. That's not it either. That company, much like much like that book that they reviewed, is not Googleable. <laughs> right. So uh, this free book, Seven Snow Whites and the Dwarf, uh, is currently number six thousand two hundred forty-four in the Amazon free um, category. Number fifteen in Kindle Store, Kindle eBooks, Children's eBooks, Fairy Tales, Folk Tales, and Myths collections. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just, kept, it was like a that cover. I just kept seeing it. It's mm-hmm. driving me nuts. Uh, probably not going to want to. It's ninety-two pages, so it'd be a quick read. If we... it's it's in the kids section, which is not what I was expecting when you said that. <laughs> yeah, it sounded a little porny. A little seven little Snow porny. Whites and one yeah. dwarf. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess we should probably just go back to reading books for this podcast. Huh? What do you think? Um, yeah. Well, next week or next uh, week, next, next, epi- next episode, <laughs> the next episode you hear will be that. But we should talk about the following episode. So two episodes from now, Booked will be celebrating their seven year, seven year anniversary, man. <sighs> yeah, that's um, that's big. 
That's huge, it's dude. Crazy Seriously. That it's crazy. Like, yeah, it's crazy that it's been that long. Is this um, so? At seven years, you get that itch, right? Where you want to like go do other podcasts. <laughs> is that how that works? Is well, yeah. We yeah. Maybe we're keeping the the flame alive by doing a second podcast together or maybe we're burning out faster I don't know yeah. how it works. we're doing that second podcast it's like a weird like role play where we pretend we're different <laughs> people so that we can keep the excitement alive in our relationship Ooh, we're talking about a tv show yeah um but any rate fresh um, we encourage um, listeners who would like to send well wishes. Um, a, you can just send us money. You can do that right through Patreon.com. Hell yeah! Um, as a um, as a monthly subscriber, or you can just give us a call and leave us a voicemail. And there's probably a good chance that that'll get played on the seven year episode. So hopefully, Rob has taken the hint. He's had a little bit of time to look up that phone number that he'll be able to spit out right about. Now seven seven three five nine nine ten fifty seven, beautiful. And I did that from memory. So, so we've got that going on. We are going to do a little something else, and we're really not sure. We mentioned this. Uh, I mentioned it several episodes ago, but I think for that episode, we may even call a few listeners. So um, the way that's going to work is if you're interested, um, you hit us up with your uh, with your Skype handle. And um, and we may call you Well, I say live live while we're recording the episode. Or um, can we do phone numbers, too? Yeah, we can do phone numbers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we'll put something up on social media asking for people to, um, I guess, kind of sign up to get called by us. Right. So no promises, because obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the seven year um, episode will be a large one. But, I, I you know, we're not going to spend an hour calling people. So, yeah, if you're interested in that, keep an eye out on the Book Podcast Listening Group. That's the best way to be able to see um, any communication we've got going for you. And we're working on Facebook Live video, uh, something we want to try. We have a lot of fun doing our YouTube videos, um, but I think we're going to try Facebook Live here in the very near future. So I'm, I'm excited. Year 7 is going uh, to bring more technology, phone calls, and Facebook video. Yeah, it's... Um... We're stepping into the present. <laughs> Wait, not year seven. Be year eight. Year right? eight. Our yeah, eighth year, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ, man. Um, do you got anything yeah. else? I know that sounded very wrap-up-ish. I'm not necessarily in a hurry, but... Lovius has got to watch 15 minutes of a movie and go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what was on the agenda for this evening, but... You just made... All right, you inspired me to do something, Um one thing that I am woefully behind on is um, my Goodreads um, tracking. I kind of let I kind of let that slip for a while. Um, but one of the things that I had always kind of kept track of was how long I've been using Goodreads. And the first the first year I was using it was two thousand seven. So that's like. Over a decade now, I've been using Goodreads. It's pretty crazy, right? That is very crazy. I wouldn't have thought they were around that long. Yeah, I don't know when they got started, but yeah, 2007 was when I first started ticking books. You want to do a little walk down memory lane? What was Rob reading in 2007? <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, man. This is this is so much you, buddy. Um, one of the books that I read was Dermaphoria by Craig Clevenger. Okay. Gave it five stars. 
Oh, you're gonna be a, you're gonna be mad at me. Uh, apathy and other small victories. I gave four stars. How the fuck is that even possible? <laughs> um, what I'd I'm, like to know is what did you give apathy and other small victories when we reviewed it on this podcast? We didn't review it on the podcast. Did we did really we? not review it? Oh, we reviewed oh. that weird knockoff book, and yeah, we wound up talking about apathy for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. All right, here's some others. So, Homo Zapiens by Victor Pelevin, the Russian author. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a book called Exquisite Corpse, but it wasn't by Poppy Z. Bright. It was by Robert Irwin. Uh, a couple of Arturo Perez Reverte books, actually three of them. Winky, remember Winky? I, rem- I just was talking about Winky very recently. Clifford Chase. Um, Contortionist Handbook. Ah, I read Dry by Augustine Burroughs. He, that's probably the last time I read a memoir. Man, I'm all over the place. So I read some Christopher Moore, some Chuck Palahniuk, P.G. Woodhouse. Uh, I read Angels and Demons by Dan Brown. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Why did I give it four stars? See? Because you fucking liked it. That's why. <laughs> Same rating that I gave Perfume, The Story of a Murderer by Patrick Susskind. All right, yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, there's no there's no excuse for that. Um, Penny Dreadful and Hell's Half Acre by Will Christopher Bear. Read, Very nice. I read that year. Um, yeah. I was, I was really all over the place. This inspired me to go back in and, and, and look at some of my earliest ones, too. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. Uh, 2009, I read Clown Girl by Monica Drake, gave it one star. <laughs> Which, in retrospect, after reading that other book of hers, uh, yeah, maybe Clown Girl deserved two stars. Two stars, yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Um, so it's kind of along the same lines of you with Angels and Demons, yeah, and, yeah. You know, <laughs> giving it the same rating as something that you really, really liked. Um, that was when I read Breathers, and you know, I only gave Breathers four stars. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's funny how our views on these things change over time. Yeah. Although yeah. I did, in 2008, give five stars to House of Leaves. Yeah. So, um any rate, Goodreads. Um, yeah, I started adding stuff this year um, because I always felt like the podcast could just serve as my own Goodreads, right? But then I read some <laughs> things that weren't part of the podcast this year, so I had to add those into um, to Goodreads. But I am a little bit behind. So, yep, I'm probably going to make that a weekend project to catch up um, my personal one and also the booked one. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, next week, Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, the following week, a big, big seven year extravaganza, spectacular. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be me and Rob doing a lot of this and then congratulating ourselves a lot on what a great job we've done getting to seven years. So, um, hopefully you'll uh, you'll come back for that. Until next week, I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading. <laughs>